the IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And I'm Stu Choquette. And today, guys, we're back with another episode as part of our Watson series. And our guest on the show today is Matthias Funke from the Hybrid Data Management Product Team. Matthias, welcome to the show, buddy. I'm glad to be here. So I'm going to start with the first question here, Matthias. So, you know, we've been talking about the AI ladder. That was our last episode and how it's IBM's point of view. It's a structure and the way we we want our clients to approach AI. And so they go ahead and uh, start. Some customers will start at the top. Some will start in the middle. Some will start at the bottom. Well, the bottom is collect. Now, what does collect mean? Yeah, I mean, look, following the analogy of the ladder, I would say you can, you might start at the top of the ladder or stand there, but that there is gravity, right? The ladder has to stand on something, and that is really the collect layer. That the data um, that you you got to collect and make accessible to um, other capabilities higher up in a in an analytic solution stack or to the business. You know, that's really the fundament um, of every you know every solution, every every use case that you would want to pursue um, applying that AI ladder paradigm. So why is this one the first ladder? I mean, could someone skip collect and move on to the next one? Well, they can only skip it if they think they already have a good handle on that first step, right? That, that uh, the fundament, if you will, of the ladder, which means, you know, um, nobody is, I mean, very few people are starting from scratch today, especially enterprise clients. They have invested uh, over decades into um, solutions, uh, data management capabilities that that help capture data that gets created as part of applications or bring it together to make it accessible for uh, business intelligence purposes or other purposes. And so, you know, you are usually dealing with a, a data estates that are out there for a while. And, um, you know, as part of that, the idea to modernize and, and make those available uh, for the next generation of AI applications, you um, you know you, got, there are a few things that you got to do, right? You got to make sure that the data is accessible at a, in a scalable fashion, um, that you enable um, the, a self-service experience for that business analyst or data scientist that sits at the very top or at the very uh, top end, if you will, of that AI ladder, right? So there are things that need to happen, uh, but typically you don't start from scratch. You just got to think about how you how I make the data states that are out there accessible, and uh, you know sometimes data virtualization is the answer um, to bring data together without moving it around. And sometimes you gotta you gotta start with a new repository. So, so Matthias, you're saying that the fundamental and the foundations for actually starting upon the AI ladder is the collect phase. So when we say collect, that doesn't actually mean to say that, okay, I want to build an AI application around something specific. I need to go into that specific realm and gather a whole load of data. It realistically means what you've just said is taking all the data sets that you've built up over years and generations and time and time and just unlocking that essentially, bringing it all into the one place and making it accessible. Yes. and I, So, Ian, I think it's both, right? Think about the systems of record that are out there. So... Uh, banking applications that have been built uh, years ago, right? That that generate um, system of record information on on the um, the clients of the bank, right? And if you want to make that um, subject to an analytical use case, 
then you, you want to tap into the repository that's already out there that holds all this data. But at the same time, there could be new use cases uh, where you, know, you, you think about mobile devices um, that generate uh, you know, new data points uh, at a much higher volume for which you don't have a, um, a data architecture in place to capture that, those data points and incorporate them into that analytical use case. So then would be a, what you need is a combination of you know, leverage existing assets and introduce new assets and then bring those together um, to you know, give the business access to that uh, you know, joint um, set of data um, to basically make it available for you know, interrogation, exploration, and analytical workloads. So, Matthias, uh, 20 years ago when I had that system at record, I wasn't thinking about an AI ladder back then. I, I genuinely wasn't even probably thinking about AI back then. So, mm -hmm. today, I, I need to make all that data accessible, right? I may need to make it as in its most simplistic form as possible and just accessible. So, are companies really having a difficult time doing all that? Is it a real business problem today is basically my question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and the answer is absolutely yes, right? There are, there are many different surveys and analysts talking about the challenges that enterprise clients have. I think the average number of data, different data stores and heterogeneous data stores that, that um, companies are dealing with is uh, 168. And that's average. So think about our, you know, the, the, the Fortune 1000 clients, most of those um, uh, or companies, most of those companies are IBM clients. The number of databases they deal with is probably um, significantly higher than that um, overall, right? So, so there is a lot of complexity um, in the way um, a data architecture, um, you know, exists today in the way it evolves. And then for, for the business to say, how do I actually uh, make, uh, you know, unlock the value of all the different data sets that reside in all these hundreds of different repositories is a, is a huge challenge. So for us to, you know, for us to think about how we can help the client overcome these challenges by using concepts like data virtualization to bring data together and then make it accessible for the business in the way that they, they are empowered to, to get a job done and don't have to call IT to say, hey, tell me where this data set lives in the organization, right? But um, deliver that self-service experience is um, is a wonderful vision, and uh, you know we have embarked on a you know with a strategy that executes towards realizing that vision and helping our clients getting there. So you know one of the statistics I always like, in case anybody's listening that doesn't think there's a lot of data out there, I did a Google search one day and it said how much data is produced every day. And it said by the year 2020, which in my head is still five years off, but I think it's just three months away. But by the year 2020, we will produce 1.7 million bytes of data for every human on the earth every second. So it's a real problem. And how have companies tried to fix this kind of problem? I mean, can they fix it on their own? Where are we going to put it all as well? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that data, Steve, is probably Instagram pictures of cats and dogs, right? Not all, <laughs> not all of it is, is business relevant, but even if you, if you uh, segregate that out, you know, that there is a ton of data that gets generated every day that the business cannot uh, make use of, right? The data that gets generated within their organizations or data that gets generated um, outside, think of uh, Thomson Reuters uh, stock information, right? That you might wanna 
make subject to an analytical use case. So you want to bring this all together. And, and just dealing with you know, the different data sources and dealing with the volumes of data um, and you know, is, is, a, is a significant challenge. And I think as from a collect layer perspective, and you think about data management capabilities like databases, data warehouses, data lake uh, type capabilities, living in a hybrid or multi-cloud world, you know, where data sets not only live in different repository types, but also on-premise in the cloud, uh, in different clouds, right? Bringing that together or understanding where data lives and uh, the lineage of the data as multiple copies might get generated um, is a huge challenge. So, so the AI ladder is more than just uh, you know, the combination of the individual pieces and saying, yeah, I have some collect layer capability like a database and some governance capability. Um, the, the, the real value comes from um, a, an integrated view you know, across that vertical uh, stack of capabilities that form a solution. And uh, the idea that uh, these different elements, they team up and work together, right, to create a, a profoundly better experience for the end user. You said something that made me think of how we would have done it in the past, which would have been that we would have moved the data and had multiple copies of the same data, which I think would have been a big problem, a real big problem with Watson Anywhere, which is something we announced, I guess, at this thing conference, you know, you can run Watson off on your AWS cloud or run it on, a, you know, a Microsoft Azure cloud. Of course, we want you to run it on an IBM cloud, but what's, is there one best approach to handle data that has been federated across multiple clouds? Um, that's a tough one, right? It's, it's, a, it's a question that, that um, it requires a longer answer, um, but but in essence, I think it's uh, stay away from from utilizing um, capabilities that are only available in one form factor, like something that a data data store type that would only exist in one specific cloud, right, or only on prem, uh, or where the where if you think about different form factors of that capability, if the interfaces through which you interact with this are different depending on the form factor. So you want consistency um, from an application or user standpoint. You want all this the same capability to look and feel the same, whether it's running on premise or in the cloud, right? And what you also want is you want the ability to move that capability from one cloud to another or from on-prem to the cloud or vice versa for that matter. So you also want to avoid uh, building with capabilities that don't enable that uh, scenario. So if you don't do that, then you are locked in effectively uh, with a specific vendor or with a specific um, infrastructure. And that's never a good thing, right? Because it represents business risk because what happens if that cloud infrastructure provider suddenly raises the price and it's no longer economical or the best choice for the business to be there, then uh, you are stuck, right? Or it's ex extremely becoming extremely expensive for you to move off that platform. So that's why, and I just keep going for a moment because I think this is important, right? That's that's one of the key reasons why IBM teamed up with Red Hat, um, you know, to help clients overcome that by abstracting um, companies and, and applications from from the differences of uh, the underlying in, um, infrastructures, cloud infrastructures, for that matter, right? OpenShift gives you that consistent look and feel and consistent uh, working behavior and experience when you think about apps or microservices running on a 
on OpenShift uh, or Kubernetes, uh, an OpenShift-based Kubernetes implementation across different cloud infrastructures. Make sense? It does, it does, thank you. So I guess my question is, well then, what exactly are we doing to help, like, so we talked around simplifying the data, but what exactly are we doing to help? Is there like a tool, Matthias, or is it like you need a set of people, or what's the process for actually simplifying it all? Or do we have some examples I mean, of it? Yeah, so, yeah, Ian, so answering from my uh, the data management or hybrid data management standpoint, right, I, I'd say we, we want to we become that one-stop shop for our enterprise clients, which means we help them get access to all the different capabilities that one can uh, require to build a next-generation solution or, or, data, or, or data architecture and make those capabilities available consistency across the different form factors that we talked about, on-premise, private cloud, public cloud, uh, for managed services for that matter, um, as much as we control it also, you know, the availability on IBM Cloud, AWS, Azure, so that, that our clients uh, um, get confidence that, you know, as they make decisions to change where they want to, the, change the, the place where they want to run workloads, um, they will be, their investments will be safe. They will find those capabilities that they need to run those workloads in the, in the location of their choice. Right, and then for us to say, hey, and then we bring it together and abstracting uh, the clients from the complexities of these data architectures by, you know, um, by either introducing intelligence into some of these data stores that simplify um, uh, the experience for the developer or the user, or by using things like data virtualization to uh, virtualize and abstract from a complex physical topology. Um, those are those are examples of you know what we are doing to support uh, the division of an AI expressed by an AI letter. I'm afraid to ask this, Matthias, but it sounds like something that's not really going to happen overnight. So it sounds like you're probably right in saying that this is the usually or the probably the core, the fundamental of what the foundation should be when you're thinking about the AI ladder. Because if you don't get this piece right all the rest of it's not going to work correctly, right? It's not going to happen overnight, but I think what's important is to acknowledge that this is the direction you've got to start executing uh, towards. And um, so I recall another stat that says, like from, from one of the analyst companies saying, 83% of the companies out there uh, recognize the, the, you know, the importance of AI and the competitive advantage or the the, the business value that AI can help them unlock, right? So if you if you don't get get started thinking about what that means for your organization, like what uh, how does that translate uh, for the company in this specific sector that you operate in, uh, how does that translate into um, you know a plan or a strategy that you can embark on today, right? And I think you run a high risk that you will be disrupted by one of your competitors who are doing this. And that kind of leads into my next question. And so for our listeners today, Matthias, what's, what would your two walkaways be? Start thinking about this now and be careful um, what technology choices you make um, and what vendors you choose to, to, to team up with to, to help you execute on that strategy. Um, because, you know, uh, because every vendor has, its own, has their own agenda not every vendor uh, believes in the idea that uh, you want to leverage uh, existing investments 
and surround them or expose them in a way that they can contribute to a next generation application. Not every vendor um, has a strategy to give you freedom of action in terms of going where you uh, see the best economics or get the best return of investment to run certain workloads. Uh, not every vendor has a strategy to give the client choice in terms of the repositories, whether that's proprietary technology from the vendor or like in our case, the DB2 family, for instance, right? Or open source technology as an alternative. So having somebody like IBM um, that that um, recognizes all these different uh, desires that clients or requirements that clients have and offer the client choice and, and want to become a trusted advisor and partner in that journey, I think uh, differentiates IBM. And I'm not, I mean, I don't want to necessarily make the case here for IBM to buy from IBM, but I think this is a, um, you know, those are considerations that every client should should have before they make a purchasing decision or strategic decisions on, you know, the technology they want to use. Well, Matthias, thanks a mil for that. And then I guess thanks for being on the show today. It was really, really informative and we got some really good walkaways. And I think, Matthias, finally, if I want to learn a little bit more about this, um, where do I go? Is it, do I just head over to the usual Watson landing pages and I'll find exactly what I need there? Yeah, that's a great question, Ian. And I get it, uh, you know, I get it quite often. I think there, so there are a lot of public assets out there that help you understand uh, AI and, and how you, um, and how you how you basically um, build AI solutions based on different components that, uh, in essence, represent an, an AI letters type solution. If it, when it comes to IBM, we have something called IBM demos, right? If you go to our website, um, so there's a section that basically where we where we have loads of different assets, videos, tutorials, um, sandbox environments that allow uh, someone free of charge, right, to 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 explore those capabilities, educate themselves, build an understanding on how to get started. So I would I would recommend people uh, look out for that. Awesome, cool. Well, we'll pop the link in the description um, as always. But Matthias, for myself and Steve, um, thanks to Mill for being on the show. It was really informative. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And guys, for myself and Steve, as always, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast. Bye.